Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jarrett Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On this week's episode, I am talking to the graphic designer, educator, artist, and writer, Joe Potts. Joe works primarily with found and synthesized images, sound, typography, and language. He also teaches typography and graphic design at Otis College of Art and Design and the University of Southern California. Most recently, though, he is also the founding director of the Southland Institute, which is a new, unaccredited, sort of alternative postgraduate graphic design program. I first heard about Joe and the Southland Institute when John Sueda interviewed him for the Walker Art Center blog, and I was just completely fascinated with his thoughts on design education, both from a pedagogical but also from an economic perspective. It seemed like so much of what I talked to people about on this podcast, Joe was working on at Southland, and I knew immediately that I wanted to get him on the show. So in our conversation, Joe and I talk about the Southland Institute. We talk about what it is and why it exists. We talk about the economics of graphic design education and the value of interdisciplinary study and what he hopes to achieve at the Institute. We also talk about his own background, including studying both writing and design at CalArts, how he started teaching, and the relationships he sees between teaching and writing and practicing design. This was such a great conversation, I think an important one. We don't always talk about the economics of the design industry, whether that's around practice or education or even criticism, and I think that's an integral part of the discourse and is something that Joe has thought a lot about, and so I'm glad that we talked about it here. So I encourage you to check out what he's doing at Southland and enjoy this episode with Joe Potts. I first came across you and your work uh, just within the last year, two years or so. Um, and it's all kind of around what you're doing now and specifically with the Southland Institute. Uh, but I don't actually know much about kind of where you came from or what you were doing before. And so I thought that might be a nice way to kind of set the stage for all of this. Um, and so I guess I'm kind of interested to, to begin with how, how you got interested in design or where you started, uh, in graphic design. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think that it was, I was one of those who came to it in a sort of roundabout way, um, you know, sort of like peripherally aware of it for a while, yeah. but then doing a lot of other things. So I went, I basically did my undergrad um, at a small liberal arts school called Connecticut College. Um, and I had majored there in architectural studies which was not not like a professional architecture degree it was like a liberal arts architecture degree okay um, and so that was sort of you know you took some like architecture studios and art and architectural history um but you could also like take a lot of other things and sort of have those count towards it so i, I mean I, th I think during that time i you know was taking photography and painting and a kind of intro to design broadly course which included like you know this was like late nineties too. So it was like illustrator existed. We were like learning to use that. Um, I think we also like designed some furniture, uh, and it was all sort of like condensed into a, a one semester. Um, okay. and, and so I was like doing all of that. And then also 
you know, was sort of a unofficial like minor in music and kind of doing a lot of like electronic music composition. Uh, and yeah, I think that there's, it's interesting cause I think that during that time, if you had asked, like, I'm not sure that I would have said like, Oh, I'm like graphic design is what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there was a lot, a lot kind of started percolating then, um, that when I think about the things I'm like looking at and doing and interested in now, um, a lot of that started there. Um, and yeah, it was right, right after that I ended up basically through a friend of mine at school, like had an internship for the summer after I graduated at, um, at Venturi Scott Brown. So oh, it was yeah. like immediately in the, the belly of the beast of like postmodernism. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, it was an internship, so I was sort of like building models in the basement and occasionally like Bob would come through and, you know, tell everybody never to become an architect. Um, <laughs> and then kind of like be, be on his way. Um, and I think it was a time that I was like, I was interested in architecture, but also it seemed like a long road to like making that a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so wasn't a path that I followed. And I ended up, um, moving up to Providence, Rhode Island, just cause a bunch of friends were there. Um, and was, yeah, just working, um, sort of odd jobs. I worked at a bookstore up there. Um, and sort of because I like knew more of the software than anybody else, I like started doing their newsletter. Yeah. Um, and then kind of was like, Oh, I like doing this and started taking some night classes at RISD. Uh, and then that sort of like led to, I ended up taking like sort of a longer or like a condensed intensive, um, summer class at RISD that was like a motion class with, um, with Nancy Skolos and her partner, Tom Waddell. Oh yeah. Um, and that class, and then sort of through that, I ended up also, she like invited me to take her, she, like she was teaching a graphic form class that fall. And so it was sort of like those two classes that I feel like really sort of like opened me up to like, oh, this is this idea of graphic design that is like, it's not just about making a newsletter. Right. It's not just about like knowing how to use Illustrator. But this sort of this sort of thing that I feel like I had been like told a lot or people talked about a lot when I was in college, which was this idea that like liberal arts education is about learning how to think. Yeah. Um, this sort of felt like these classes, like they, it's like they took that and they like raised it one and we're sort of like, this is also about learning how to think, but it's like this idea, which, you know, now as an educator, something we think about and talk about all the time, but this idea of like, you're thinking through making and you're right. like understanding how to think through form and the ways that forms mean things. And so that I think just was like a huge revelation. Um, and, but it was also around that time I was like, I was doing that, but I was also, um, you know, kind of writing a lot and like writing fiction and writing poetry and like wanting to go back to school oh, okay. um, and kind of on the fence about like, Oh, do I, do I want to, do I want to study writing? Do I want to study graphic design? And basically I ended up applying for the writing program at CalArts and was interested in it because, you know, they had this sort of more experimental, um, less like genre based writing program. And then also, you know, was like aware of the design program there and that it was this sort of like 
well-known, well-respected, like great design program. Although I think at that time, even I wasn't, I didn't know like the extent to which Mm -hmm. maybe, but, but I sort of went with this plan of like, well, this is a place that I can actually do all these things that I'm interested in. Okay. Um, And so, you know, I got there and while that did end up being what I did, it was like not as direct as it might've been. It was, (laughs) yeah. You know, you definitely had to like, I kind of had to prove myself and I ended up like taking some undergraduate design classes and like taking a design theory class. And I think there was at a certain point they were like, okay, he's, he's been around. He's like, he's interested in it. He cares about it. Like his work is good. And so at that point they were sort of like, okay, if you, if you would like to do this kind of dual degree, they call it an inner school degree. Um, you can do that. And so I ended up doing this like inner school writing graphic design degree at CalArts. Um, oh, interesting. Which I think it was like an extreme rarity. Like I'm <laughs> maybe someone else has done it at some point, but not, not many people have done it. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, it, it was amazing, but it was also sort of like, like too much work. probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but again, that's, I mean, so that's sort of like, and then I feel like my knowledge and understanding and interest in the field really kind of like deepened and matured a lot there. Yeah. Um, obviously like, I mean, you, you've talked to a lot of the people who have either gone through there or talked yeah. or there. Um, and yeah, it was just sort of like an amazing time and space, uh, And, but then, so I, so I graduated in 2009, which was just after the economy collapsed, um, which was like a pretty harsh time to be sort of like re-entering the world. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I think I would, I was sort of like doing some odd jobs. I would, I did some, I would sort of come on, on a like project by project basis sometimes at, um, at Green Dragon office, which is oh, Lorraine yeah. Watt's studio. Yeah. Um, and worked on some books there with her, um, and a woman named Ching Wong. Uh, and then I did, I worked at SciArc for a little while, um, doing their in-house stuff. Um, but again, all of this was sort of like freelance temporary, right. um, you know, here's this project. Now we're done. We'll call you again when we need you. Yeah. Um, and so it was around that time and, you know, I had started, um, teaching while I was at okay. CalArts also. I was like, a, I was a TA, um, for Gil Swanland's class, which, okay. I mean, I, I had always sort of thought that I would be interested in teaching, but then there it was like getting to do it and realizing, oh, this is something that I actually really, yeah, I like a lot. I care about it. It, you know, I like being in the classroom. I like interacting with the students. I like kind of like thinking about, yeah education in this kind of like top level way like what are what are these things that we want to try and impart and how can we do that through these projects and through these conversations um and so i was interested in teaching when i left but also you know was pretty green at it and yeah you know so it it was around that time that i met um callie nikitas who who runs the program at otis okay and she was kind of willing to take a chance and invited me to come on and teach a type class there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that just sort of over time expanded into into more and more classes so that that's been like an ongoing okay um, adjunct gig for the last eight eight and a half years okay um and so yeah so i was doing that and then and then i also sort of adjuncting around at other schools when this this there i mean this is so interesting i feel like there's one you set up basically everything else that i want to talk to you about perfectly so now i have to kind of pick through (laughs) the the order that i want to ask you these things but it's also there are there are so many interesting things in here that um uh relate to my own experience but then i didn't realize that writing was something you're interested in kind of right from the beginning also or that that you kind of had these interests in design and writing uh at the same time which again is very is similar to my own experience and then when i went to graduate school at mica i did a double concentration my mfa was a double concentration in graphic design and uh critical theory uh-huh. and i was the f- like you i was the first graphic design student to to do a double major in critical theory and that department had like never seen anyone from the design department before so i it's like very similar to to your experience um Uh and then you know last last similar thing just to kind of make all of these connections is just like you i i always had an interest in teaching and always thought teaching was would somehow become a part of something that i did uh and then when i was in graduate school my last year there uh they let me teach a class and i just really liked it and then after graduating wanted to make that a part of it and so for the last year now i've been teaching adjunct at a couple different schools and just really over the last year have fallen even more in love with it i think and just want that to be a bigger and bigger part of of what i do so it's actually really interesting a lot of the kind of similar themes that are emerging out of 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 you telling your story um I'm, i'm interested before we I have one kind of specific question or something uh, that I'm curious about in 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 your background uh, and doing that kind of double writing graphic design program. Um, you didn't really say much other than that it was a lot of work. Uh, I'm cur- I'm curious kind of what that was like, and were there was there much overlap between both of those, or how did you kind of think about? working in both of these things or did they kind of come together for you in some way? Right. Well, I mean, I think that's in some ways that sort of like leads into things that come later, but I think that there, there actually wasn't a lot of overlap. Um, and some of that is certainly on, on me. Like I think that the, the onus to make it work Mm -hmm. together was, was in many ways mine, but I think that there was just sort of the, the workload was so high and the sort of like expectations were so high in each of them. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really an infrastructure for crossover. Right. Um, and it sort of felt like the people that I was talking to in the one department were sort of not really like plugged into the conversation that was happening in the other department. Um, and so I think that there in, in some ways like there, there are, there are moments where it crossed over. Like I think there were some, there were some times in my in my like design thesis where there, I definitely like brought writing into that. Right. Um, but I think that there, there was definitely a sort of like a tension there or a struggle there. And 
how that often ended up looking was just sort of like doing these things in parallel Mm -hmm. rather than having them be like as, as integrated as might be ideal. Yeah. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And cause it, it, it's something that I wanted to ask you about that I think might be able to connect us to Southland and what you're doing now. But, uh, in an interview that I had read, uh, that, that you had done, you talk about, you were talking about, um, uh, kind of the importance or the value of, uh, I think the phrase that you used was cross-pollination um, in, in uh-huh. the design discipline and bringing in these things from other disciplines, which seems like something that's kind of central to how you think about all of this um, uh-huh. and, and might be uh, a way to kind of start talking about um, about Southland and what you're doing now, because that seems very central to that program and what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that one thing that I've always sort of thought or known, but like feels especially true now is that they're just like, I think that graphic design just like means different things to different people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, totally. and I think that sometimes what that looks like is that it's like, it's this really broad practice or discipline, but then other times it feels like it's actually like m- multiple different yeah. disciplines that are all kind of like having yeah their own conversation and the, and and maybe looking for the links with the other ones but and so i think that like it might be helpful to sort of describe the way that i think about it yeah. and like pos- position that and i think that i you know i think part of what's so interesting about it to me is that it feels like like graphic design itself is often like the point of connection for things mm-hmm. yeah with our um yeah you know sort of the it's like the language and image and documentation and uh, I don't know, just the, the making of things like all sort of it happens in this space of graphic design. But I think that when when the things that are that come out of that are like the most compelling are when it's like it is coming from somewhere else or like, or is in collaboration with something else. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so I think that, that to me, it's kind of, it is this almost like inherently interdisciplinary field. Yeah. I love that. Um, that, yeah, that just, you know, it, it has to do with photography. It has to do with writing. It has to do with typesetting. It has to do with, printing it has to do with things that are on the screen it has to do with like the signs on the highway it's just like any like c language it's graphic design yeah and so yeah it just it feels like it, it 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 touches so many other things and is always kind of in motion in a way yeah and that and that i think part of like why it's maybe so slippery to talk about is that like it that it is a moving target yeah yeah i think a lot of ways this podcast if i'm really honest was a way for me to try to figure out what graphic design means really at its core that's what it that's what this is kind of doing i think um so i want to i want to kind of use that 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 kind of definition that you you laid out to talk about southland institute which which is something um it seems really fascinating. And so I, I kind of want to start if you could kind of describe it or talk about, it. I think you'd do a better job 
doing that than I would kind of setting it up. Um, so what what is uh, what is Southland Institute? Um, so it is, and I mean, I'm going to use some of the language like from oh yeah, of course, because I feel like it actually like it condenses it as clearly as it can. Okay. Um, but so I mean, what it is is. You know, it's called the Southland Institute, and then, you know, it sort of has this parenthetical for critical durational and typographic post-studio practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that was originally conceived as basically an, an unaccredited interdisciplinary postgraduate typography program. Um, so sort of de- definitely like thinking about it as being in conversation with typography and graphic design graduate programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was an attempt at offering a forum for sustained and rigorous inquiry that was built on an underlying economic premise of being genuinely affordable for students while also compensating faculty fairly and sustainably for their contributions. Um, so that's sort of this, yeah, this idea that it just, it's, it's not accredited, but what it does is it sort of takes a lot of what I've found valuable from higher education in, in art and design and sort of tries to bring it into a a sort of less institutional space. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and to do that in a way that, you know, by the very, I mean, by, by virtue of doing it, but also in the way of sort of conscientiously doing it, sort of saying like, okay, well, what are some of the, what are sort of the like major like grinding issues that are going on with higher education in the United States right now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that like the, the cost is certainly one of them. And as, as a rel, I mean, it's been almost 10 years now, but it's like, I still feel like it's like as a relatively recent graduate, someone who's like graduated since the two, 2008, 2009, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sort of in this position of like dealing with this like huge, huge debt that even people who graduated, I think 10 years, 15 years before that yeah. never contend with. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm doing that. And then while also sort of trying to navigate this world of teaching in these accredited institutions where, you know, you're just sort of like, you're, you're in it. And so you're kind of, it's hard to not see the way that <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it like the equation doesn't balance out, Yeah, you know, yeah. The sort of the, the degree you have that enables you to teach there mm-hmm. ends up sort of like bringing in very little, like not a lot. And so it ends up sort of being a labor of love. Um, in a way that I, I think that there's there's an argument that Southland Institute is trying to make that it's like it, it maybe doesn't have to be that way. Like there could be other ways of structuring it um, that addressed both of those things at the same time. And like, wouldn't that be amazing? Right. Yeah. To see that. And, yeah. you know, and, and that that's an easy thing to talk about. But like it feels necessary to kind of like make a project that tries to enact it and tries to embody it and so that's kind of what it is and you know it now you know it's like i think it's taken on a certain life of its own and i you know i had sort of aspired to have it like up and running this past fall (laughs) Um, 
but that obviously like especially sort of in this space where you know i think we're we're in this in this time right now i think there are a lot of these sort of alternative educational scenarios springing up and people like people are asking this question of like what are ways that we could do this or like we're acknowledging the problem yeah but a lot of times like what that looks like is everyone's interested in education and so everyone needs to volunteer their time and so it's like you know people can attend for free people can go and like and lead a workshop or something but it's it and i think because it is like a genuine challenge to make those economies real yeah Um, so again so it's like we're in this position where part of the the whole essence of the endeavor is is built around money you know and it's either an i mean it could either happen as an exchange and sort of thinking about like okay well there is there's tuition coming in and that tuition is just it's sort of being Mm -hmm. allocated in a different way than we're accustomed to um but the the sort of downside of that is that in the absence of that money, it doesn't quite operate in the way that right. it's yeah. intended to. And so, I don't know, there's just, I mean, there's been a lot of interesting conversations that have come up. There's been, you know, one thing that I think I was maybe most surprised about, but then also feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't be so surprised about that. Is there's been a number of people who, have have applied expressed interest and are like i really want to come but i don't have and and so i mean also i have done a lot of sort of my best calculations at like what's where is that tipping point where like it could bring in enough right just in itself and you know sort of in an in a way of trying it sort of set this initial number at like it's okay well what if it was thirty five hundred dollars for a year and like and that year would kind of consist of these four quarters and each quarter would be led by one particular person um but but so the what it end what ends up kind of being the reality is that for a lot of people a lot of people who could very easily sign a promissory note for fifty thousand dollars and attend any number of schools that they want to attend um you know don't don't have thirty five hundred dollars right it's like huh. it's not it's not an insignificant right amount of money and so it's sort of in this in this place where it's like oh that's actually like i i'm not able to come up with that and so that kind of raises these questions of like okay well do, does that mean that like we we now need to like enter the financing game or figure out ways of like financing right. and education and you know it just it's like it's a, it's a lot to to juggle and to think about um but i think it also sort of these kind of questions like bring us closer to what's what's the model that can actually work and in the meantime like puts the conversation out there and introduces the conversation into the space in a way that like that i think is important and in, in a way that again it's like we're not the only ones talking about this like right. the conversation is out there the conversation is being had but it's you know trying to make it happen in this sort of like particular concrete way um and again and then and focusing it on what i know but also where i think there's there's a space for it to happen that is like a logical space for it to happen which is sort of in this place 
of graphic design education. What I think is fascinating about it, there's two things that I kind of specifically want to talk about. And you've, you've, you've talked about like the economics of it was something that I was kind of curious about because I've thought a lot about and I've had conversations with people on the podcast uh, a, a lot about just kind of design education in general and just the cost uh, that goes into that and that it's, you know, kind of limiting to then students who can afford that, especially postgraduate programs. Um, and how then that is shaping the discipline at large. Um, and this kind of, you know, the, the kind of graduate programs, how much influence they actually have over the discipline. And what I, what I think is interesting about what you're doing is that it's, it's kind of a, it's offering an alternative while also kind of critiquing that model or questioning that model kind of very openly. Um, not just in regards to cost, but also that it's unaccredited and kind of raises questions about what a degree, you know, what is the degree even for? And so I, were these all kind of conscious things you were thinking about right from the beginning? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's certainly, it's something that was like percolating for a long time before mm -hmm. it was like put out into the world. Right, um, right. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's thinking about all of that. And so, I mean, I think that one of the things for me that it, it felt very difficult to address it from within, it felt like the, the machine is like yeah. too big. The machine is sort of like has too many pieces in motion. Um, and yeah, I think that it's, it's also, it's not, it's not like it's a thing that people are in denial about, you know, I think that right. everyone's kind of talking about it. Everyone mentions it, but there's even been a couple of times, I think on your podcast where it kind of comes up and, you know, this comes up for me in working in academia too, where it's like, oh yeah, well, it's really expensive to go yeah. here. So yeah. We have to make sure it's, you know, we're giving them the, the full value and all yeah. of this sort of, I, I mean, this is like a really silly analogy that I've used before but like I almost feel like it comes up in a similar way as someone who was like man I just had lunch and it, I had a hamburger for lunch and it was forty dollars <laughs> like and it's like it is unbelievable it's like wow that was a, that was a lot I'm not sure why that yeah caused so much but it's also like it was 40 bucks it's gone and now <laughs> and but that but that that conversation is happening at this level that again, is like, even in the last five years has gone up, you know, mm -hmm. five years ago, I feel like it was the number was maybe $80,000. Now the number is like $100,000 or $110,000. Yeah. I mean, and again, we're the, in this world where there's like, there's a huge spectrum of class, obviously. And I mean, yeah. the, even the fact that we're talking about graduate education and graphic design, I mean, we're, we're limiting the scope of the class position that we're talking about. Right. But, yeah. um, but I think that even sort of from, from any position that's not legitimately affluent, that's a financial burden, even just sort of talk. Cause I think it's one that everyone like, again, kind of talks about sort of makes passing, uh, remarks about, but it's, it's sort of amazing when you start talking to people and realizing that like everyone yeah. that you went to school with has like 80 to a hundred thousand dollars of debt that's like not really going anywhere right and they've sort of everyone has like figured out their own ways of managing 
and sort of like building it into their lives. But it's like, and, and sometimes people are paying it down, but I think if for a lot of people, it's like, and especially living, like I live in Los Angeles, which is like a super expensive. Right. Yeah. Live in. And so it, it really is. I mean, and some of this just comes back to like doing the math. Well, I want to, I want to call out something that you said in there that I think is interesting about, you know, when you're paying this much money that the school, the professors, you know, have to kind of make it worth your while, you know, make it worth your, your money. Um, and this is something that I, I think about a lot more, um, in undergrad. So it's a little bit different, but I'm curious if you have, have thoughts on it because it, it feels like, um, what you're doing is kind of related to this in that so much of, uh, design education, either explicitly or implicitly is about, uh, kind of setting, this is a, this is a, a very overgeneralized statement that is not f- fully true. I just want to qualify that before I say say this but so much of it is about training people for jobs um Mm -hmm. and it it becomes a kind of technical program where you're learning how to use software and you're learning how to typeset and and all these things and that these kind of theoretical discourse that we're talking about and even you know that kind of introduction that you had at RISD so many Mm -hmm. people aren't getting because it's just about getting that entry-level design job Right. And what I like about what you're doing, even though it's at a, you know, it's at a graduate level is that, you know, it seems like you're, I, I, I don't know if I read this on your site or if this was in another interview that you had given, but that you were really interested in students who couldn't maybe put themselves in a particular discipline or maybe are operating at these kind of edges of, of design, like, like that we're kind of talking about, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know if I have a question there other than I'm kind of curious your thoughts on um, like the, edu- the the curriculum almost and kind of introducing these other things to design students while they're, while they're in school. Right, right. Well, and I, I mean, I think that that it does, it comes back to, I mean, it comes back to sort of, I think like what you or I or the sort of like collective we are in education for which 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 for me again is like it's not i mean i think that there's like there's lots of value for professional training i mean there's there's certainly like there's much to be said for that i think that there's a lot of people that's actually like that's that's what they want that's what they need and there's a lot of places to do that and get that Mm -hmm. um but I think that there is like there remains this interest in, you know, I think like I think learning for learning sake and the sort of this way of, again, I mean, going back to that sort of like the liberal arts ideal of like, yeah, how to think or um, even I think a, a kind of like art school ideal of like learning how to yeah. and understand form and like talk about what. They, what like forms in the world mean yeah. Yeah. being able to kind of like critically analyze the world around us in a way that's like, let's actually like, let's sort of like peel the skin back and like see this for what it is. And that, right. I don't know, to me, I think like that's a lot of what education is about. You know, it's a, it's about learning to, yeah look closer and and read the world and what and whether that's again i mean in in our field it's like it's reading images it's understanding typography 
Um, In other fields, it would be like, you know, reading texts or understanding science. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I think, again, it's like that's, that is very, it's very different than training. Right. Um, And, and it is, I think it's also like hard to quantify. And I think that that's another, there's another sort of like talking point of higher ed that, I mean, has been going on like, you know, since I was in college when it was still very expensive, but which is like, can you really put a price on that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's invaluable. You can't possibly put a price on it. I'm curious if, if both teaching, you know, the teaching jobs that you do kind of, of adjunct and then Southland has that, has that had an influence on how you think about your own design practice or has that have things that you've kind of been thinking about in regards to all of this that we're talking about when you're doing kind of, you know, design work for clients and things, do those things filter in at all or have have there been overlap there? Um, I think yes. I mean, and I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm also coming from what's maybe an interesting place of, you know, not being a person who like had a long design career and then like went back to school and then started teaching. Right. It's just like I started working professionally and teaching at the same time. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, in, in what, in what I would consider a sort of like, you know, higher level way of thinking about graphic design or sort of working on like, you know, I think, I think like projects that I'm proud of projects that I'm like, Oh yeah, this is something that this is like the kind of work that I do. Yeah. Um, And so I think that there has actually maybe never been a time for me where those things were separate. It's like, Oh yeah. I've always been kind of thinking about thinking about work when I'm teaching and thinking about teaching when I'm working and yeah, just the, the ways that, I don't know. I mean, I think that, and I've, I'm, I'm sure I've said this before at some point, but like the ways that teaching is about like paying attention and like seeing yeah. what's going on and like responding yeah. to things and sort of coming, coming up with like, okay, here's, here's kind of the, what needs to happen or what we want to happen. And then here's a way that we can like set that ball in motion. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we really need to kind of like look what comes from that. And yeah, and to, and talk to I mean talk to students about like what are figuring out where they're at and sort of finding this place that's like between the work and the person and the prompt or the conversation and sort of like connecting all those pieces yeah and I think that like that idea I mean it, it doesn't always happen you know obviously there's like things that come in that's like I need this thing in two days can you do it <laughs> right. And and then I'm not thinking about those things. <laughs> right, right, right. Try to make that thing and get it to you in time. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Um, th- I, I I almost hesitate asking this because I think it, it it kind of sounds a little weird. But I'm interested in like what you hope students get out of Southland and this and the people that come through that, um, thinking about these things in this different way. Um, as, as not just uh, you know being able to do this without some sort of financial burden, but what are the how how will they kind of practice differently, or what kind of other things will will do you hope people take away from it? You know what right. I you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
I'm, and I think that, I mean, one of the big ones, I think for me, it's like one of the goals of Southland is to, it's to like expand people's practices, yeah. you know? Okay. And I think that there, there is, that's what there, I was suspecting. Yeah. There's a way that it's been so far. And I mean, we'll, we'll see if this sort of continues to be the case, but it's been, it's been kind of amazingly self-selecting, um, mm. To this point in that like a lot of the people who have like expressed interest or applied are like it's like oh wow yes like please come, come yeah, be yeah, yeah. you seem amazing yeah um, and but so yeah so yeah so i think that it's it's like it's different for different people and you know i think that one goal might be that you know and again this is like so entirely speculative because it's just like making up imaginary <laughs> people but like if someone comes in with a sort of like traditional graphic design background, they're like, they're, they've gone to design school. They kind of like know how to do it. They understand typography, um, that it would be a place to sort of like use that as a launching point yeah. and think about how to bring other things into that, how to sort of expand from that, how to maybe make connections between ways of thinking about, yeah. type structure and publication and something happening in like another discipline that they're interested in and sort of like fusing or I don't know, maybe just bridging those things. Um, and then I think that there, there could be, there's another case where, you know, maybe there are other people coming in who are kind of interested in type and language and, design and composition but their backgrounds are like not in that at all yeah um you know that it, it would be a place for them to sort of maybe hone some of those skills and like work on those things and i think in, in an ideal scenario there might be a balance of people who are able to sort of help each other and yeah i don't know and i think it sort of it does come back to because I think something else that I've been kind of interested and ultimately not surprised to find, but like, you know, people really do want to know, they're like, what is, what's the curriculum? Like, what am I going to, what am I going to learn mm. if I come there? Yeah. And I think that there's in some ways it's like that mentality even is like not, yeah. it, it, it has actually like this idea that the, the curriculum is kind of loose and the curriculum is dependent on like, who's there and what they want and what they're interested in and what they're bringing to it. And, you know, I think that there's what, what I've tried to do and like will continue to try to do is to sort of like sort of stake out a position of like, these are, these are things that we're looking at. These are things that we're interested in and these things will sort of invariably be folded into mm -hmm. conversations or maybe assignments or yeah. trips but that it's like that there is this sort of it's it's very self-directed yeah in a lot of ways and that it sort of depends on again it's like it's about it's about response and it's like it's about not being one size uh, yeah it's all like here's here's the class and here's what we're gonna do from week to week yeah i love i love that Th that leads in kind of to to my last two questions these are questions that i ask everybody to kind of end uh end the interview and 
this first one is something I feel like we've kind of been talking about this a little bit throughout, but I'm interested in what are the the topics or issues that you think are kind of pressing designers today or that designers should be talking about and, and grappling with? I think a big one is the sort of like a greater inclusion of sort of historically underrepresented voices <laughs> yeah. within the discourse. Um, and I mean, I think that that's something that it's something that I'm interested in. It's something that I also, you know, if we're being totally honest is like a blind spot in my own educational yeah. background. I'm sort of like going out of my way to try and like find things and learn more about them and sort of like this idea of expanding a canon or yep. Yep. rejecting a canon. Um, and I think that the thing that I, I do feel optimistic about is that I think that that is really on a lot of people's yeah. radar and to-do list. And I think it's like, I think that's in the process of happening. Yeah. And it's, you know, maybe not happening as fast or as easily as would be ideal, but like that it is happening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think that's one. And I think that that's, I mean, even I think that it's like, it's a blind spot that feels evident even in the, like the Southland reading list or like in yeah. the, the, the books on the prospectus. I think there's this way that's like, Oh wow, that actually, it, it is more like Euro and white than would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, that is something I think about all the time, especially in regards to the podcast. And it's, it's much more, it's still, the podcast is still too, uh, white American European, mm -hmm. uh, than I would want it to be. Again, like that it's, it's something that like needs to happen, but maybe like is starting to happen. Yeah. But I, I think the other like conversation that I would like to see and, Again, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to sort of bring it up, but it is like, it is this taboo in a lot of ways. But I think the, the this conversation about like labor mm -hmm. and the value of people's time and sort of like how these things are, fun. I think, I mean, obviously yeah. we're, we're, the focus with Southland is like on academia within capitalism, within the United States. But then I think it also extends to like the field in general and yeah. sort of things like, I don't know. I mean, there was, there was a letter there, there. Do you know, there's that program. I think it's in London called evening class. No, I don't think so. You should look them up They're They're pretty interesting and are doing, I mean, it, it is, it's like a, you know, alternative graphic design, like night program. Um, but they recently like wrote this kind of group letter that was to like job boards and it was just sort of saying like, don't post jobs that like, don't list the start, the salary, mm. just yeah. that practice like needs to stop. And I feel like that practice is, again, it's like sort of completely rampant in this way that like puts the power, yeah. the people hiring and takes the power away from the people looking for jobs and like, yeah. Yeah. doesn't put them in a position to negotiate. It just sort of like puts you in this endless cycle of like applying for jobs and like going through this whole yeah. thing. And then like at the very, very end, finding out that it pays like half of what it should. Right. And then you're sort of like, well, I've gone to all the trouble 
to do this? Like, should I take it? And, and so I think that I think that that question around labor and like labor in the academy and in yeah. the industry um, and the sort of some of the sort of like received and normalized ideas about like ways of doing business, which is that like, you know, if you do a thing and it brings in $80,000, like $2,000 of that goes to the person at the bottom. Yeah. And then it kind of like filters up until this like large chunk goes to the people at the top. And I mean, that obviously become, that's like, that is just like a critique. Yeah. Capitalism that I'm like far from the first person to like suggest. But I think that the, it, it just doesn't happen. And I feel like when it, anytime it sort of has, it does come up or has come up, there's always sort of like a a shift away from it or it's like, well, if, if we're talking about that, it means we're not focusing on the students. It means we're not focusing on the curriculum. It means, you know, we just, we need to not talk about that because there's nothing we can do about it. And we need to focus on what we're teaching. Um, and I think that that's, I, I think that is a problem. And I think like that conversation should be being had more often at, at kind of all levels. And, and I think, I think students being aware of it too. I think sort of students being aware of like the way that their institutions are being run, um, or the way that business operates and kind of like, again, and I I think some of, some of it is about how capitalism works, but some of it is like actually just about like financial literacy and literacy and being like, Oh, and, and I think it's, it's funny because some of that, again, just being someone who was like, I've always been interested in the arts and ideas and like, yeah, it's not until my like mid thirties that I was like, Oh, this is how, this is kind of how the system works. This is how the banking system works. This is how debt works. This is how. And so I think, I think an understanding of those things and like a sort of more, open conversation about those things is something that I would like to see happening more. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, and that definitely I feel like at least in in the the circles that I'm in um, is not talked about in graphic design, especially um, at all. And so I think that's uh, that's great. My last question, you had mentioned the the reading list on the Southland site, um, but I'm kind of curious, you know, thinking about all of these things we're talking about, um, mm-hmm. are there who who are the kind of the writers or the books or the people that have influenced how you're thinking about all of these things or that if someone's listening to this and is kind of uh, really interested in these things, who what's the reading list that you would give to them? I feel like I'm in a funny position to answer this because that's, that is like what the Southland reading list is. <laughs> yeah. And so we can I, just I, send I, them there if you want. Well, and, and I, yeah, I mean, if I, and I was going to say if anyone listening to this is interested and even wants one, like they, should go to the site and email us and we'll send them out a hard copy if they like, or or it's online. Um, but I think that there's also, you know, there, there is, so there is that, and that sort of forms this like foundation in a lot of ways. Um, but I think there's also like some things that I've just come to recently and been, been reading or been interested in. Um, and one of them this was I re- this was a little while back that I read it, but there's a, and maybe this is actually even on the list I forget, but the the artist Maria Eichhorn did a book that's called um, the Artist Contract, 
which oh this sounds familiar and she she basically it's like the project is her interviewing um artists who have used either the sort of artist contract that seth Seaglaub came up with mm. um, or some sort of derivative of that uh or like use a contract as part of their like in their art practice or as part of their art practice um oh, interesting and so she talks to you know she talks to seth Seaglaub, she talks to hans Hacke and daniel buren um and Lawrence Weiner and Adrian Piper. Um, nice. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, and it's like super readable and just, you know, feels really kind of like engaged with a lot of these things, like how the contract functions. Um, and then there's another book that I'm, I'm only like a little ways into it, but a, a friend told me about it over break. Um, and it's a book called, it's called Forms. Um, and it's by Caroline Levine. Uh, and it is, it's basically like a literary studies book, but it sort of flips. I feel like in, in that way that, you know, and I, I feel like I've heard conversations with you about this where there was sort of that direction where it's like literary theory, like <laughs> yeah. applied to design and brought into design. Yeah. yeah. And this book actually sort of takes design theory and then like, applies it to literature and so oh interesting she kind of breaks it up into these like four kinds of forms she talks about like whole forms rhythmic forms hierarchical forms and like and networked forms oh wow um and then uses them to kind of yeah talk about literary structures and i haven't gotten to this part but the the end of it seems like it's what she does is then does kind of like a close reading of the wire oh wow using all of those ideas. And so, but she's always sort of, she, you know, it's like this idea of sort of like design affordances, but then yeah. shift over. So I think that that has been pretty interesting to. Oh, I love, I'm definitely picking that one up actually. Yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you the link to it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like those have been the big ones. And then I've been, there's that David Graeber book, the utopia of rules. Mm, yeah. That I'm reading about, which is about, you know, bureaucracy and sort of how bureaucracy has come to function. Um, so, you know, yeah, no, that's great. I mean, Joe, thank you so much for this. I love what you're doing. Um, I think in a lot of ways, what what you're doing with, with Southland is, um, actually putting into practice a lot of the things that come up again and again on this podcast. So it's, um, it's nice to see someone really kind of wrestling with these, um, in the real world and i thought this conversation was so interesting and great i've been wanting to talk to you for a while so i'm so glad uh that we got to do this so thank you so much for talking well thank you so much for having me on i feel really you know flattered to be a part of it i think i think what you're doing is really great and i don't know just putting putting these conversations out there so yeah thank thank you for reaching out and yeah look forward to hopefully continuing the conversation this episode was recorded on February 2nd, 2018. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.